as God intended. Let's go. Welcome to Looking for Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. I'm your host, Nicola Burnett, holistic dietitian and functional medicine practitioner and proprietor of Back to Balance Wellness Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I thank you for joining me today at Looking for Healing Talk Radio. Looking for Healing is an exciting show where you can learn from experts in the practice of natural medicine. Combined, the four show hosts possess more than 100 years of clinical experience as professional healers and includes myself, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Brian Artis, and Dr. Jana Schmidt. If you are into all things natural when it comes to health and healing, then stick with us. This is definitely the show for you. I am super grateful for having the opportunity to share and educate and expand the minds of others on the topic of natural healing, which is a topic that has seemingly gotten lost as the primary way of healing. I invite you to share the links and to tell all your like-minded friends and family that they can find us live every week on America Out Loud Talk Radio at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and via recorded podcasts at americaoutloud.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora Networks, and via America Out Loud phone apps downloaded from Apple, Android, and Alexa. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Global Healing. They make beautiful natural supplements that are made with very pure ingredients. And one of the products that I'm a big fan of and I use a lot with my clients is their organic vegan vitamin B12 formula. B12 is necessary for maintaining energy pathways in the body. It's critical for the neurological system. And I really appreciate the fact that it's triple activated. They make it with the three best forms of B12, and it contains Ormus, supercharged minerals, which is such a plus, and it's made with triple distilled biophotonic structured water. And Global Healing is offering a generous 15% off of your first purchase as a thank you to our faithful listening audience of Looking for Healing Radio. Use the discount code of OUTLOUD when placing your order. O-U-T-L-O-U-D out loud. Okay, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show here. This is part two of learning about essential oils. So I did a show last week on Tuesday, and that was about essential oils as well. We'll consider that part one. And why am I doing two parts? Because there's so much rich information to share about essential oils. And if you really want to understand why are they all the rave and why are people pulling out bottles of essential oils, you know, in restaurants and movie theaters and nightclubs, and everyone seems to be talking about essential oils and wearing them and carrying them on, 
on the on their purse or in their cars. It's a very uh, well known and popular type of natural medicinal. Uh, how should I say? Yeah, we'll call it like a first aid kit. <laughs> and the reason for that, big reason for that, is actually the company Young Living really brought back this form of plant medicine on a really, really, really big scale level. And essential oils, since they really exploded onto the scene, uh, Young Living, uh, it's really, and then doTERRA came onto the scene. Those are two very common, well-known kind of the leaders in essential oil manufacturing. Uh, and then there's been so many other companies that have popped up since then. So they've become very, very popular, but there's still so much that people are unaware about the oils and why are they medicinal and how do they work and how do we use them? So that's a really good place to start for today. And that's what I would like to talk about. And the first thing we actually need to talk about is what do the oils do for the plants? If you know what the oils do for the plants then you'll understand what they do for us. And the reason for that is that essential oils in plants are 99.9% .9 identical in many ways to human blood. Hence the similarity between they, what they do for plants, you can cross over and what they do for us is very similar to what they do for the plants. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And once you understand all that, which is what we're going to review, then you can understand why they're such great helpers and healers for us. Okay, so let's start off with the most basic question. What is an essential oil? It's the volatile lipid soluble portion of the plant fluid that contains odiferous compounds. So those are compounds that emanate an illicit uh, scent. And they are produced, how you actually access these essential oils, is they're produced through steam distillation of plant matter. And they can be made from any part of the plant. So it could be the stems, it could be the branches, the fruits, the roots, the flower, the seeds, the bark, the leaves. And during distillation, the vapors are condensed collected and separated from the condensation water. So another common name for the condensation water that you will probably be familiar with in the listening audience is floral water. And floral water also has its therapeutic applications, but we're going to stick to the discussion of essential oils for this talk today. And I used to, uh, be very, very active with the, with the company Young Living, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, the week prior. And one of the really cool experiences I had when I was on their St. Mary's farm in Idaho, they would collect, they, they piped it in such a way where they would collect the condensation water or the floral water into a hot tub. <laughs> it was so awesome. And it happened to be that we were working that day harvesting Melissa, the Melissa uh, crop for the Melissa essential oil. And so that was just so dreamy to sit for hours in the hot tub 
uh, in the floral water of Melissa. That's an awesome, awesome memory. So going back to the distillation process, the care involved with the distillation at atmospheric pressures and minimum temperatures, they really have to be very minimum temperatures in order to extract the oil. And when you're making an essential oil, only the lightest molecules come out during distillation. The heavier molecules remain in the plant mass and they can be accessed for therapeutic purposes as well in dried, in more of a dried herb form. The idea here is to use the lowest temperature for steam extraction as possible, because if it goes too high, it can cause chemical changes in the plant that produce compounds that are not present in the original plant. So um, I wasn't in Peru with Young Living for their harvesting of oregano, but I had a group of friends who were present for that harvest. And it was a very interesting process that they that they shared with me. Uh, the farm in Peru was uh, it wasn't the land wasn't exactly level, and it kind of went up a steep grade. And when they were ready to do the harvest of the oregano oil, it was a really interesting process that was described to me that they witnessed. They would pull parts of the plant, run them into the lab, do a quick mass spectroscopy on the plant to determine the, the compounds that were present. And if it wasn't quite there yet, then they would leave the plant before they harvested for maybe another two hours or four hours or eight hours. But they kept pulling samples of the plant and taking them to the lab until they, they saw the exact medicinal molecular compounds that they wanted in the plant. And that's when they decided or determined when they were going to harvest. And what was so fascinating about this process was they ended up harvesting the plants, the oregano plants that were on the higher level of the grade because they were closer to the sun. And so they reached the time for harvest, I think it was like eight hours or 12 hours prior to the plants that were at the lowest elevation on the farm. So when you get into, what am I trying to share with you here or explain? When you get into the art and the science of growing plants to extract the medicinal compounds, it gets very, very technical. There's just, it's all chemistry. And so that example I shared with you about the oregano in Peru is just one little example of how technical it can get as far as temperature, as far as, you know, how close the plant might be to the sun, you know, all those little details make a really big difference when you are growing plants knowing that their use is going to be towards health and healing and more of a medicinal use. When oils are obtained from high temperature and high pressure distillation, such as for commercial purposes, when we're talking about perfumes or food flavorings, many of the subtle healing constituents are destroyed by that higher temperature and high pressure. 
And another way of extraction, and this is typically used in industry, they use chemical solvents for extracting commercial grade oils. And this isn't the greatest thing because typically it contaminates the oil with unnatural residues. And the whole point is to extract the oil without altering the original compound. You want to keep it as intact as possible. So aromatic oils obtained by chemical solvents are not considered essential oils because they're not obtained through distillation. So that's really the big difference if we're using chemical solvents or distillation. And in a moment, I'm even going to talk about something different with citrus oils. So we really don't want to use chemical solvents. That's not the way to extract oils because there are always residues of the solvents left behind, which adulterate the oil and create toxins. And that's not something we want to be putting on our skin or ingesting or using in any orifice of our bodies because that poses now a health risk or a health danger. And I, I will share with you that one of the most common experiences I have when I introduce clients to essential oils is they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm allergic to fill in the blank, peppermint, lavender. Oh, don't, don't get that near me. Don't, don't, you know, I don't want to smell that. No, I, I can't use that. I'm allergic. Well, what's happening is that the person is not allergic. Typically, they have not been educated on essential oils. They get handed an oil that was used or extracted by the use of chemical solvents. So there's toxic residues in there. And that's what's causing the problem. Either if they have a breathing problem or they put it on their skin and they got a rash, something of that nature, or you whip out the oil. If it's uh, not a real essential oil, it's not extracted properly through distillation and they start sneezing. And so this is the hardest thing to uh, explain to people about essential oils because they're you know, they're kind of traumatized and they have this memory in the past of, oh, somebody gave me this oil or they put it on me or they had me smell it and it was just, you know, disastrous. So I, I just offer that forward, forward to the audience because I will then, when somebody says something like that, my typical response is, well, that sounds like in the past you got exposed to an oil that was not a therapeutic grade, pure based oil that was steam distilled and extracted properly through distillation. And I'll explain a little bit about that. And then I might see if they're a little more open to using the oil. If they are open to trying it or using it or trying it again, they always are just so pleasantly surprised and pleased that they don't have the reaction that they had when it was first introduced to them. So, and, and once that experience happens, then they're typically pretty comfortable with any recommendations that I make moving forward. Okay, we're going to have to go to a short break right now. 
And when we return, we'll continue discussing essential oils, their healing benefits, and their properties. So we'll be right back in just a moment. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. This is Nicola Burnett coming back from our short break on Looking for Healing Radio. And real quick, I just want to mention that if you're not able to catch any of our shows live, just know that all of our shows go to podcast typically a day or two after the live broadcast is complete. You can listen to any of the podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, or America Out Loud, and many more. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe and rate the show for us. Okay, so let's get back into it. We are discussing essential oils. And this discussion today is really part two. I did a part one last week. And now we're getting into a part two, which is a little bit more of the technical information about essential oils and how they work and why they work in a medicinal fashion. So we were talking about the extraction of oils and essential oils are obtained through extraction with a high temperature or excuse me, low temperature and low pressure distillation. And then the other way that we were talking about uh, aromatic oils can be obtained by solvents, uh, chemical solvents. And one of the reasons why it is done with with solvents is because some of the aromatic essences of some plants, uh, one of them, for example, is jasmine, it cannot survive the heat of distillation. So they have to be extracted by chemical solvents, and that's the only practical way to obtain them. Now, 
before you freak out about that, that fact, let me just share with you that some of the chemical solvents that can be used can be non-toxic. Most of the chemical solvents that are used are typically toxic, uh, unfortunately. So when you're going to some place, oh, I don't know, like a big box store, and you're picking up an essential oil from a place like that, that is going to be definitely chemical solvents, and they are going to be toxic chemical solvents. And the solvents that are typically used, a couple of them that are toxic are the methanol, the benzene, and the hexane. Uh, One that is not necessarily toxic is ethanol. Um, So just really depends, but you. what's important is that you work with a reputable producer of essential oils. How do you know if they're reputable? Well, you really got to do your research on the company and how they operate. The one thing I really enjoyed about working with Young Living, and still to this day, I'm, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of their essential oils and still continue to use them, is that I had the opportunity to work on the farms. You know, they would allow all of their uh, all of their people who signed up with Young Living to go to the farms and to actually participate in the harvesting and the distillation of the plants. So it was a fascinating process, and we were allowed to get in the distillers. They look like giant pressure cookers. And sometimes we had to press the plant material down or we were allowed to go any really anywhere in the distillation process underneath where you would watch how the condensation would be separated out from the collection of the oil. And you could watch that process happen or you could go into the lab at certain times and you could take a look at all of the equipment that they were using in order to uh, determine what is the molecular components or the compounds that are in the plants that they were distilling to ensure that the plant was being harvested at the correct time. And the correct time really means, okay, do we have a high amount of the molecular compounds that have a medicinal type of effect in the body in the plant. And if the answer was yes, then they would start harvesting right away. If the answer was no, then they would allow the plant to go another 45 minutes or two hours or eight hours or two more days, whatever it was, until they got to that perfect chemical compound makeup that has very medicinal effects for human biology. So I had mentioned earlier that there was one exception to the definition of essential oils, and that's with citrus oils. So we still call citrus oils essential oils, but it's a little bit different how they are extracted. They're produced by mechanical pressing of citrus peels. So technically, citrus oils are not essential oils. Um, we actually call them uh, something a little bit different. We call them expressed oil. 
you really wouldn't know the difference when you smell them. So, and essential oils are vital substances to the life of a plant, which is why they are referred to as essential. So that's why they're referred to, why we always call them essential oils. Now, essential oils are not to be confused with the other oil, uh, the fatty, non-aromatic oils that are produced in plants, and actually in the, in the seed of the plant, that serves as food for the germinating sprouts of the next generation. So the fatty vegetable oils are not essential to the plants that create them, but they are required for continuation of the species. So the fatty oil of the seed is the food upon which the fledgling plant sustains itself until it can start making its own oil. So when we're talking about essential oils, some of you in the listening audience who may not be familiar with essential oils, you know, right away when you hear the word oil, you might be going to, you know, the thoughts of your olive oil in your pantry or your coconut oil that maybe you might use and apply to your skin. And you heard that was good. And it is good. It's very nourishing to the skin. It's just that when you come in contact with an essential oil, it feels a little bit more, much closer to like a water-based instead of a thick, dense, oily base. So just wanted to, to, to describe the difference between those two. Um, and essential oil molecules, as they're compared to fatty oil molecules, they look nothing alike in their molecular structure. So they feel different, they look different, and when you write them out, like when you're writing out like in a chemistry book, when they write out the configuration like in organic chemistry, and they're writing maybe the connection between like palmitic oil. Um, if you've ever seen that, if you've ever taken chemistry and see how they, they write out the diagrams or the pictures of the oils, they don't look anything alike. So I want to just take a moment to, to talk about that a little bit further. Let's talk about essential oils as compared to fatty oils. Now, essential oils are distilled from plant parts. We just talked about that. Now, fatty oils are pressed from seeds. We just talked about that. Essential oils are not involved with seed germination and early growth, but with the fatty oils, it's necessary food for seeds to germinate and sprout, and that's the fatty oil. With essential oils, they're essential to the life processes of the plant, but the fatty oil, it's not essential to the life processes of the plant. Essential oils are made up and comprised of tiny molecules, and the fatty oils are comprised of large molecules. In essential oils, the molecules are built from rings and short chains. So this is getting to the tip, the um, molecular structure now is what I'm referring to. And the fatty oils, the molecules are built from long chains and they're a larger molecular size. 
The essential oils are aromatic and they're quite volatile. And that's why they can't be exposed to really high heats. And the fatty oils are non-aromatic and they're non-volatile. The essential oils circulate throughout plants and in human bodies. The fatty oils do not circulate in plants or in human bodies. The essential oils can pass through tissues, cell walls, and cell membranes. The fatty oils do not pass through tissues, cell walls, and cell membranes. Essential oils are not greasy to the touch. Remember I said earlier because of their tiny molecules and their completely different molecular structure, they feel more closer to water. And fatty oils are very greasy to the touch. The essential oils do not spoil or turn rancid. And that's one of the main reasons when you hear about uh, the discovery of a new tomb in Egypt that they find from some prince or some king, typically they will find these tombs and they find these large containers of essential oils. Could be frankincense or galbanum or myrrh um, that they're supposed to take with them to the afterlife. And in these tombs, these essential oils are so old. We're talking going back, gosh, I don't know, hundreds of years old. And when they've taken samples of these essential oils from these containers and these tombs that they have just discovered, they're absolutely, their molecular structure is absolutely untouched. So again, essential oils do not spoil or turn rancid. Now, that's assuming that it is an authentic, you know, properly distilled, uh, non-solvent uh, use uh, in order for extraction of essential oil. Now, fatty oils can spoil and they can turn rancid. And one of my favorite qualities about essential oils and why the main reason why we use them is they're antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, antiparasitic, and antiseptic. Now, fatty oils are not antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, antiparasitic, or antiseptic. So those are two really different qualities around essential oils and their counterpart, which is fatty oils. So now that we have cleared a lot of this up and hopefully I've provided enough uh, clarity when we're talking about essential oils as to what they are and, and the difference between the typical oils that we're accustomed to seeing and using with cooking and in our pantries. Now in this last uh, section, we're going to be discussing what are some of the benefits of essential oils and why do we use them or refer to them as medicinal? And why is everybody running around trying to throw some essential oil on you when you get a, a, a cut or a scratch or uh, a stub toe. You know, you might have one of those essential oil fanatics in your family where no matter what happens, 
you know, maybe, maybe the wife is running and saying, Oh, I've got an oil for that. I've got an oil for that. And they're running off and, you know, grabbing an oil for a headache or whatever it might be, cut, scratch, uh, acne, (laughs) and just wanting to pour them all over you. (laughs) Um, So just know that there is wisdom in that. And perhaps if you've been closed off, husbands out there, if you've been closed off to your wives, trying to run around the house and pour a bunch of essential oils on you, after hearing this podcast, maybe you'll stop and think a little bit differently and maybe even have a little bit of some appreciation that your wife is even trying to help you out with whatever ailments that you have going on with those essential oils. Okay, so we're going to run off again uh, to take a short break. And when we return, I'm going to get into all of the fabulous, fantastic, yummy things that these beautiful essential oils do for us humans and for our bodies. And again, why they are considered plant medicine. So sit tight and we will be back shortly for the last part of this discussion. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back from the break. This is Nicola Burnett on Looking for Healing Radio. Hey, just a few things I want to share with you. Looking for Healing Radio is on five days a week, Monday through Friday. Between my co-hosts and I, you can find a new show every day of the week. If while you're listening, a question pops into your mind, please feel free to submit your question by going to the nav bar on the Looking for Healing page. 
We would love to hear from you and all questions and comments are welcome. All right, we just spent the first two segments of this broadcast talking about some of the kind of technical aspects of essential oils. And I feel that's really important to set the foundation or the basis to understand and go into now that topic that I'm sure everybody's been waiting for, getting into all the amazing things that the essential oils of the plants do for both plants and humans. So let's jump into that because I got a lot to cover with this topic or this, I should say, this last section of the show here. So I'm going to just repeat, I've said this before, essential oils are referred to as the lifeblood of the plant. So in other words, I said it earlier and on the last last week's show, uh, essential oils are 99.9% identical to human blood. And because of that, they're able to circulate through plant tissues. They pass through cell walls very easily. They carry nutrition into cells. They carry waste products out. So when applied to people, essential oils do the same thing. They can carry oxygen into cells. They can carry waste products out. They work great as body cleansers. So they are really effective at cleansing cellular receptor sites from pharmaceuticals, petrochemicals. They can chelate heavy metals and other toxins that interrupt cellular communication. They help to remove toxins and flush them through the liver, the colon, skin, lungs, kidneys, and they're also helpful with increasing our ability to absorb nutrients and vitamins. So that's one aspect of essential oils that's important to understand and why they do what they do for plants and why they do what they do for us and how they're able to do that. So next thing I'm going to go into, one of my favorite activities around plant medicine with essential oils. Essential oils possess what I'm going to refer to as homeostatic intelligence. So homeostasis is the state where every vital biological process within living organisms function as they should. So it's kind of a state of perfect wellness, if you will. And essential oils always work towards restoring and maintaining balance and this state of homeostasis both in plants and, drum roll please, in human in humans. So how do we create homeostasis in the body? What is the mechanism or the switchboard? Well, you might've heard me speak about this in, in past podcasts that I've done, live, live broadcasts. It's the hormonal system. So again, let me just repeat, we have to get away from the conditioning and programming that has been just shoved down our throats, that hormones are just about babies and sex and periods and PMS. That's not at all. That's all we ever hear about. The hormonal system of the body is the communication system of the body. And as you know, or, or could imagine, if any communication system goes down, 
amongst anywhere in the world, amongst any group of people, it doesn't matter. It is, it creates havoc. It causes problems. So hormones are how the body speaks and communicates and all the different organs and body systems and the brain and the organs, just all you have to remember, it's the communication system of the body. It's the major switchboard of the body. So the hormonal system is really important with helping to create homeostasis in the body. If people can communicate and interact and exchange and relate and um, make things happen through communication, things are good. But if communication shuts down, that's when absolute mayhem and panic, if anyone's ever witnessed that, uh, amongst humans, like when there's you know a storm and there's no Wi-Fi, it goes out and people are just left on their own to deal with things. And that's really chaotic and it's really quite scary. So essential oils act as plant hormones, regulating plant functions and orchestrating production of vitamins and minerals. They act as messengers and supervisors within the plant that help coordinate and initiate vital plant activities. Well, guess what, folks? They do a very similar thing in humans, acting as neurotransmitters, steroids, hormones, enzymes, vitamins, and and other types of message-carrying molecules. So let me give you a little example of the intelligence of essential oils. Let's pick on oregano oil, one of my favorites. Oregano oil has the ability to kill hostile microbes while nurturing those microbes that are friendly to us and good for our health. And I'm just picking on oregano oil. There's hundreds of essential oils that have that capacity. I'm just picking on one because I'm familiar with it um, and educated on it. It's an oil that I use a lot for a lot of things um, and recommend to a lot of people for a lot of lot of things. Uh, Another oil is angelica oil. Now, something like angelica oil has the capacity to stimulate the uterus to contract, if that's what's needed, or relax, depending on what the need is in the body. So, and myrtle oil is another one. Uh, It can stimulate an increase or a decrease in thyroid activity, depending again on what is needed. So that's an example of that intelligence that I'm speaking of. Now, pharmaceuticals do not act in this way. They are incapable of such intelligent discrimination. And they kind of behave like a bully, honestly. That's how they work in the body. So they act in only one pre-programmed way, whether it's beneficial to us or not. And that's a really important thing to to take in and to hear. So again, I'm going to stop and take a moment. This is one of the main reasons why I am such a proponent of essential oils, why I recommend them, why I support the use of them, why I encourage people to look into them, because it is a very intelligent form of plant medicine. Okay, next we're going to move on to one of my next favorite functions of essential oils. Essential oils have the ability to protect plants in many ways by killing viruses, bacteria, parasites, fungus. The essential oil in the plant itself is 
really great at repelling insects. So one of the things that was really interesting if uh, with Young Living, the company that I used to work with, well, I, I still work with them. I still use all of their products, but I used to be a consultant for them. So Young Living would use essential oils that they would pull and create from plants. They'd use essential oils as pesticides, quote, pesticides, if they had any insect problems or if they needed anything uh, to deal with any kind of insect insect um, uh, problem that they may have had, you know, any kind of infestation. And I, out of all the years that I have been working uh, with that company and, and purchasing their products, um, I only remember one or two times hearing about some problems and issues with insects where they needed to use their own essential oils um, as a little bit of a booster to help the crop. So it didn't seem to happen often with the plants that were grown for the, you know, for the purpose of extracting essential oils. Now, essential oils can act as herbicides to prevent competing plants from growing too close to each other. So I live in Las Vegas and we're in the desert. And one of the things that you'll notice in the desert is that plants space themselves away from others due to water supply being quite limited. If plants grow too closely together, they would die because available water would be consumed if too many plants exist in one area, like in a rainforest. So this protection uh, is done by plants exuding oil through their root system for a certain diameter around themselves that prevents the germination of any seeds that could possibly compete with their water supply. And another example of essential oil use is with plant and animal communications. So most of us are familiar with tomato plants. If you're into gardening, that seems to be kind of the first thing everybody seems to want to create is tomato plants. And you'll notice that when you grow tomato plants, they can be consumed in days by these green caterpillars that come around. And it seems they seem to only come around when you grow these tomato plants. So how do they come around? How is it that you might have a garden for 25 years, never grow tomatoes, you decide to grow a tomato plant, and all of a sudden, your tomatoes are just, plants are totally consumed and eaten by these interesting um, caterpillars. Well, the tomatoes emit a certain odor, there we go, where's the odor from, an essential oil that they emit, that they can, that it can travel for miles if it gets picked up in the wind. And when this smell is picked up by this type of caterpillar, I can't remember what they're called, the technical name for them, but they're able to fly upwind until they land in your garden. They just keep moving closer towards the smell. And so that's how, that's how that works. And anybody who's ever tried to grow tomato plants, usually all of us seem to have our tomato plants completely just eaten in like three days until we figure out how to deal with that that issue. <clears throat> and essential oils work like an antibiotic in, in many ways. So I already mentioned they're able to combat infection from bacterias, uh, from parasites, fungus, uh, viruses. But when we're looking at bacteria in particular, I'm picking on that because Western medicine offers forth antibiotics for bacterial infections. 
And the difference between essential oils and antibiotics is the essential oils do not cause any type of killing off of the friendly fauna in your system as antibiotics do. So essential oils have an intelligence that only attacks bad bacteria while leaving other bacteria we want in our systems to stay. And the other thing about antibiotics, and pretty much everybody in the listening audience, I'm sure already knows this, that antibiotics kill off all flora. You know, the ones we want, the ones we don't want, the ones we consider good, the ones we consider bad. So they just kill everything. And part of the repercussions of that is that it creates a very acidic environment. Our good flora and fauna help maintain an alkalized uh, chemistry. And so when we just knock out all of the flora and fauna, whether we consider it good or not good, then we have the issue to deal with of a higher acidity being created in the body. And then we also have the secondary issue of having to very quickly work to repopulate our gut with good bacteria. So just something to think about. Here's just a little comment and a little side note. When God created Adam and Eve, whether you believe in this or not, just the story from the Bible, they were put in a garden, not a house, not four walls, not locked in a box. So they were able to be exposed and to breathe in the sense of essential oils all around them. Just think about that for a moment. All right. So just a little something to think about. Okay. Next thing we're going to move on to is essential oils can help protect the plant from dehydration and sunburn. So there's larger types of molecules called terpene molecules that lower the frequencies of visible sunlight down to infrared levels and then re-emit. The plant's able to re-emit energy as heat, preventing damage directly to the plant. So we humans can also use essential oils to block harmful UV light. So some particular uh, sunscreens, especially more the more natural ones, contain certain essential oils that help with this process. And another great example of essential oils protecting plants from, uh, in this case, dehydration is the Great Smoky Mountains. So a lot of people think that the Great Smoky Mountains got their name because of fog or rain or or haze that comes from something, you know, maybe pollution um, or again, fog. But actually during dry periods when the wind does not blow, that haze hovering over the hills and the valleys, it comes from a cloud of essential oils emitted by the trees, which blankets the forest and reduces evaporation to preserve moisture. So those are two examples of how plants can protect from dehydration and sunburn. And, and, Actually, on the other hand, now that I'm thinking about it, just as essential oils can protect plants from too much sun, they can also act as solar amplifiers if the plants need more sun. So we see this in particular in citrus oils that contain high levels of particular oils. I think they're called 
furin oils, F-U-R-A-N, if if memory serves me correctly, for the purpose of attracting more UV light. And they do that to accelerate the ripening process. So on some essential oils that contain citrus, if you apply any essential oils that contain citrus oils, it's recommended to stay out of any kind of direct sun or other direct UV sources, like let's say like a tanning bed, for 12 hours after application of any kind of essential oil that has citrus oils in it. Okay, so let's see another uh, aspect of essential oils. When plants are cut or bruised, the plant produces what we call a resin. And the resin acts as an antiseptic that protects plants from microbial attack and helps to initiate the healing process. Well, the same thing happens in humans. When you cut yourself, what happens? We bleed. And blood is like our resin. It's very similar to the resin of the plant. And using essential oils helps us when we apply them after we get a cut or a scratch or a scrape. It helps us prevent microbial growth and accelerates healing. And another uh, aspect of essential oils, essential oils are responsible for the communication between plants and animals. um, As in like the birds and the bees when I say plants and animals. So scents and smells that come from essential oils are what attracts birds and bees. Birds and bees pick up pollen and then distribute the pollen as in cross-pollination, and this ensures the survival of the species. And color is another way that plants attract insects and and birds, again. Colors of flowers come from terpene molecules, not all of them, but many of them, which are constituents of essential oil molecules. So similarly, or yet similarly, plants communicate with humans as they do with animals. They definitely allure, gosh, can't speak today. They allure us with their appealing shapes, colors, and fragrances to entice us into growing them and tending to our own gardens. And think about this, guys. This is what assures their own survival. It's such a brilliant, intelligent system. So think about this. Think about the perfume industry. Most men and women enjoy wearing perfumes, as evidenced, obviously, by the fact that it is a multi-billion dollar industry. I think in 2022, it was up to 50 billion. It's a massive industry. So that means we humans love our scents, and we pick scents that we feel suit our personality. So picking a scent is a highly personalized thing for each one of us. Think about that. We typically love a scent or we typically hate a scent. I mean, simple things like if you're going to, I don't know, the grocery store and you're going to pick out a deodorant and there's eight different flavors. I mean, do you randomly just grab something off the shelf? No. Whether you realize it or not, you sit there, you read all the scents and you kind of match them to you. Well, that, you know, I'm drawn to that one. Ooh, that one doesn't sound good. I don't want to smell like you know, hemp and smell like a hippie, like I haven't taken a shower for five days, but boy, that lavender and chamomile one that I love chamomile tea and 
lavender is my favorite essential oil. I mean, th- these are the kinds of conversations we have when we're processing and deciding something as simple as what kind of a scent do we want to pick up or use or purchase or buy. <clears throat> so scents act as an aphrodisiac to all of us. So really, literally, we have all been seduced by plants and flowers. So there's really something to say about the expression, stop and smell the roses. So next time you're tending to your garden and you're thinking about what you enjoy about the garden, guaranteed, I'm sure every single person who has a garden, one of the things that they're going to tell you is not just the look, right? And the blooms and the flowers, but the sense, the beautiful sense is a big part of that process. All right. Well, I hope this really adds some real practical information and and around essential oils and essential oils are a little bit more, you know, the use of them and how people speak about them and the, and the medicinal aspects. I hope through this discussion, I have brought essential oils a little bit closer to you in your body and in your heart about the practicality of how they work and why they work. And that they're not just foo-foo, extravagant, you know, smelly things that girls like. (laughs) That's how I started out the discussion. Um, There's so much more than that. So once again, I hope you got something out of this. I hope you learned. And I thank you so much for spending the hour with me. And I do hope that you're feeling inspired, educated, and hopeful that no matter what you may be dealing with from a health perspective, there is always a natural solution that may completely remedy or significantly improve any health issue you may be having. That is the message I'm hoping to convey through these discussions of natural healing. And if you'd like to learn more, I invite our listening audience to visit our website at www.backtobalancelv, as in Las Vegas, to find out more about what we do and what we're about at our center here in the desert. Until then, blessings and abundance with your health and your life. This is Nicola Burnett, signing off from Looking for Healing Radio.